I think I've realised what the problem was. I'm, I'm wearing a Red Wings you, jersey. So, of course... You're uh, not wearing a Red Wings jersey. I, I am. I'm wearing a fucking Winter Classic, uh, Pavel Datsuk Red Wings jersey. Shit. Nice, dude. That's nice. I mean, it's, it's fucking bootleg for like 30 quid on eBay, but yeah, it's all right. Well, yeah, I mean, hockey jerseys are ridiculously expensive, so why would you pay full price hey, for like, more than one? I don't fucking... Let's, let's do that for our opening chat, unless there's something else you particularly <laughs> want to talk about. Okay, okay. All right. And five, four, three, two. Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a photocopier repairman, and a learning assistant boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who got spoiled. Well, every human, well, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing alright, Dan. I'm doing alright. Oh, you fixed the photocopy, did you? Yeah, it's it's one of my seemingly endless jobs at work that somehow follows me around. That every time there's a photocopy that needs fixing, there's always some kind of hullabaloo in whatever team I'm working in. And I always just say, well, I'll just take a look at it. Why don't I just take a look at it? And I do the classic thing of turning it off and on again, opening all the drawers, checking if there's any paper stuck, putting everything back in, and then it works. And people think I'm some kind of photocopying savant. And it's just, no, it's just like just basic things. But now what can you do? It's, it's, it's the same thing with basically any bit of tech that you might fix, isn't it? It's like, okay, what I did yep. was I had a look and uh, I followed all the instructions. And would you look at that? It worked. <laughs> you see, you see so that, true. that big yellow triangle on the screen? I, I clicked that and then it told me what was wrong and also how to fucking fix it. Would you look at that? There you go. Do you know what? I'm going to leave our prior discussion in before we started recording, but we were quickly discussing why the fuck a hockey jersey is so expensive. Mate, I thought you were, maybe you were going to say something about this. Who's paying 180 quid fucking English for a hockey jersey? And, and I've this, got no idea. This whole, I don't know if you've looked at them recently, but this whole bullshit thing where the cheaper ones that are still like 70 quid don't even look like the real fucking thing. They've got like fucked up colours. I just, the reason I can think is they're so expensive is because they're massive. Maybe just maybe it's simple fact of more material <laughs> equals more cost. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know, but as as I'm sure people have heard in the start, I'm wearing a fucking bootleg Red Wings jersey. And yeah, like the production quality is not all that. But I got it for like 39 quid delivered off of eBay. And at a glance, perfectly fine. Perfectly fucking fine. Yeah, if you're walking down the street and somebody sees it who knows hockey, they're going to know what it is. So that's all you need. Yeah, and I think the only, the only thing I can see straight away is like a little bit of fraying at the edge of the um, the logo, or the logo is like sewn on or iron on or whatever. But that's it. So you can't tell me that fucking Alibaba.com or whatever these out for as cheap as they do, and the NH fucking L have to pay you know, four times as much to fucking produce it. I don't believe it for a second. That's one of those marketing things we were talking about with NHL. How to grow the game. Why don't you make your jerseys a bit cheaper? Something something as simple as that. Make your merch cheaper. Sort, sort and properly stock your international shop as well, you fucking divvies. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I asked for a Bruins jersey a few years ago, and I remember my in-laws said they were going to buy it for me. And then they came back a couple of days after when they'd clearly then seen the actual price <laughs> and said, do you care if it's knocked off? And I said, no, it's fine. So I don't, I'm pretty sure mine isn't like fully legit either. <laughs> and, and why would it be? And it, it's not even just the jerseys. Like it goes down and down and down the fucking pyramid of merchandise. Like you're paying 40 quid for a t-shirt for NHL teams. You're paying like 25 quid for a fucking hat with a team logo on it. It's like, come on. How? I, 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 think, I think you've hit on 
something there like affordable merchandise does grow the game in some ways, doesn't it? But then is that is there that thing of if you're such a, you? It, <laughs> it's like we said before about being in an exclusive club. If you're not going to pay two hundred notes for a hockey jersey, are you even a hockey fan? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we don't fucking want yeah. There's people walking up to you in the street looking at labels going, hang on a minute, where's the flashy sticker badge thing with an NHL logo on that you can't mimic? You're clearly not a real fan, you fucking cheapskate. Don't watch my sport. <laughs> you absolute twat. How fucking dare you? If, you're, if your hard-earned paycheck isn't going directly back into Bill Davies' back pocket, I'm not interested in talking to you. Speaking of things mimicking other things, are you gutted that Neil Buchanan isn't Banksy? Because I'm gutted, mate. I don't. Well... Can't, can't say it's true though, can you? Can't say it's definitely not. Well, that's the thing. That's what that's what Banksy would say, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. As, as many people have pointed out, like, why would you? Why would you hold your hands up and say, oh, "You caught me. You guessed it right. I'm Banksy." Ah, it's. I love the idea as I love the idea as well that there must have been. I'm I'm guessing because Banksy's world famous. I'm guessing there must have been millions and millions of people going, "Who the fucking hell is Neil Buchanan? B- Buchanan? Buchanan?" Who is this guy? Who's, who's this there's like there's there's about there's like five percent of people who saw this story who looked at it and just laughed their heads off. Sort of young like young um, males and females around sort of twenty five to thirty five who knew what the hell was going on, but no one else did because they have no idea who Neil Buchanan is. Speaking of laughing their heads off, also the pictures of head being put onto all the Banksy pieces were just. <laughs> <laughs> and people listening now are still probably like, I still do not get who fucking Neil Buchanan is. And for those of you who don't know, Neil Buchanan was the guy who came up with a, a show, an art show for children did back he, in the did he come up mid to late 90s. Yeah, it's his idea. It's his idea. And it was, it was a show called Art Attack. And it was basically very simple things that children could sort of get into art and be an artistic with. And then Neil Buchanan was kind of, what's the word? He was kind of famous for, on his show, he would do these giant, uh, I guess, collages. So for an example, one would be he goes to a horse riding school and then uses all horse riding equipment to make a giant picture of a horse on a field. I, I thought you were going to say, he, with... he paints a picture of a horse using shit. <laughs> Just... <laughs> using giant mounds of horse shit (laughs) no and that's what that's what neil buchan was kind of famous for was was for that show art attack and i guarantee a a bunch a bunch of people around around mine and will's age must have got a real kick out of thinking oh my god if if neil buchanan is banksy i'd just be the best thing ever alas he is not or so he says he's already in a metal band doesn't he yeah do you know you know why he's in a metal band don't you like why he's like why he's got the money to do that why? Because he sold Art Attack to the Disney Channel for twenty million pounds. <laughs> Did you not know that? <laughs> I always just thought he was like some fucking geezer, like you know. I, nope. I see nope. It was his show, all his idea. It was all his intellectual property, and he just sold it all to the Disney Channel. That's... Art Attack's now on the Disney Channel on Sky. Did, if you want to watch it, didn't even with like new presenters and stuff. Fucking what on? Is it on Disney Plus? Joking. Oh no, I don't think it's on Disney Plus, but it's on it's on Sky and the Disney Channel on Sky. Oh, what an absolute lad, eh? Absolute legend. What, what a dude. What a nutter. What an absolute nutter. Definitely. I mean that's a guy that's a guy who's figured life out all the way. I mean he's he's one of those few people who's actually won at life. Do a bit of art, make a couple mil, just go and play fucking some dirty metal. Why not? I just got this image of 
And you know, you t- I've known you t- you've told that story before on the show about you traveling across like fucking Croatia and Serbia in the back of a van with your band and stuff. I've just got this image of Neil Buchanan <laughs> sat in the back of this dirty white van. Like a with fucking old LDD. Six there. other guys. <laughs> All this equipment. Just like traveling through fucking Prague and like Moscow and stuff like that, playing metal tunes fucking to these Europeans. <laughs> friend of the show, Joe, sitting in the footwell. <laughs> 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 was Joe with you on that tour? Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe's playing bands in that. I bet he wasn't on that European one, but we've done we've done the UK with him. Oh, wait, Joe, what did Joe play? A couple of times with Joe. Uh, oh, Joe, Joe does fucking everything. He um, oh, he's one of those twats, is he? Yeah, he fucking right. shout out to Joe by the way. Right, fucking prick. Um, yeah, shit old drummer. So he drummed in the band that I kind of led. That was really bad, but before <laughs> that, he did vocals and played guitar in the band that. My mate Alex started, which was really good. I hate those people. And How can you play the drums and the guitar? That's so annoying. Oh, mate, he's a he's a fucking he's a fucking wanker. If there's one thing, and he was a photographer. And he was a photographer at your wedding. And he's a fucking photographer. And he's he's a shit hockey player. He's fucking ripped like nobody's business. Fucking, I'm I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm not talking about it anymore. One thing I will say because I know you're fucking listening, Joe. I still haven't forgiven you for smoking that spliff in the back of that van on that tour with the Meyer. I fucking remember. Yeah. Well, as we hurtle towards the breakup of a long friendship, shall we, shall we start the show? <laughs> I suppose we better take, right. take, you know, take, a, take a theme song to calm ourselves down. Obviously, with with like music and, and anything like of the arts to an extent, like where it's all subjective anyway, you don't even have to be good. You just have to find like a bit of a niche where you create for you. If that makes sense. And there's like fair point. Look at fucking Lars from Metallica. It's a good point. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I wonder who, who's a more like universally derided drummer. Is it Lars Ulrich or or Ringo Starr? Obviously, Ringo Starr has got like he's more famous, isn't he? But like for a the problem percentage... is the problem is you're gonna you're always gonna get Ringo fans because it's the Beatles. Regardless, I get it. The joke is is that he was a crap drummer. The the joke obviously is that John Lennon said somebody said to John Lennon, "Is he the best drummer in the world?" And he said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles, which is an amazingly brilliant. <laughs> it's, really, it's fucking beautiful. But he was the drummer in the Beatles. That supersedes everything. The only the only three people that doesn't supersede are George, Paul, and John. <laughs> there's no like, there's no but one that, else. I think for for a lot of people, it even supersedes George sort of thing. Like, I bet more people. Yeah, you know might be right. You might Ringo be right. Star is and fucking George Harrison. But yeah, it's definitely Lars. And I've never heard anybody say anything good about Lars as a drummer ever, ever. <laughs> Any comment I've ever read. <laughs> oh, mate, what a what a fucking idiot. <laughs> I might leave this in as well. We'll see. We'll see what happens well, in a couple hours. Why not? Finished. Just fucking yeah, why not? We we should change we're hardly anything happening in hockey these days because we're <laughs> kind of bound towards the end of the season. So let's have some fucking arts and music chat, shall we? <laughs> well, well, let's let's just fucking carry on then. How I forget how quick the playoffs go. In it, like you get round. Obviously, it's been a bit expedited this season because we've had fucking you know teams are playing two games in a day sort of thing but 
the first round, he got a thousand games going, and oh, this will, this will last for fucking ever. And now it's it's done. What was it? It was I think it was a Saturday, wasn't it? You woke up on that Saturday, and there were six potential elimination games. And I was just I just remember thinking, oh my god, this is never going to end. This is all I've ever wanted. It's just hockey all day. Because there are usually times in the playoffs where they fuck up the scheduling somehow because of other sports. So even though you could have hockey all day sometime, they're like, well, we don't want to go up against NFL or we don't want to go up against baseball or the NBA. or So they kind of move things around a bit. And then it somehow, like, sometimes you end up with a game finishing in the first period and then the next game starts. You're like, well, why can't I just watch both? This is ridiculous. Yeah, this season it did happen where it was... The, the day with the, the Bruins-Carolina game that got pushed back, I think it was like six games that day. And some of them were, like five of them were potential elimination games. And it was amazing. And yeah, you're right. And it just feels like we're already, that's it. It's already like, what's to get excited about now? Nothing. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's the end of the season. Oh, and now we're looking forward to free agency. Fuck the Stanley Cup. I don't care anymore. <laughs> that's the thing. You get you get to the Western Conference, oh, there's not as much hockey. I'm not, I don't want to watch the fucking Islanders. And I'm sure a lot of people don't want to watch the fucking Stars who were playing them. Um, so you're like, oh, fuck this. Let's just let's get to the interesting bit again. Tell you, free agency this year going to be super interesting. I re- I heard what the hell was I listening to today? I cannot remember. But I was listening to something a, like a, a podcast or I had something on radio or something. But they were talking that some teams are looking at internal caps of around seventy one million. How the fuck are you going to shave oh ten million off your cap? Because unless unless teams are saying that for snidey reasons, which I could believe, because how often do we hear, well, the cup's going to go up next year, and then it goes up by like half a million or doesn't move or, you know, hardly moves at all. Mm-hmm. So I could believe that teams might be saying that to stop other teams kind of rob them blind or free agents trying to push their luck or something, but Jesus, like 10 million off your cap. Because then you've got to find someone to take that player. Unless you just like, unless it's just, you know, like we, you know, like UFA, it's like, well, that's it. You're just getting released and no one else is picking you up. So if you go, you know, you're going to go play in Russia for a couple of seasons or something. I don't know. It's gonna, I'm, I'm buzzing for whenever training camp's going to start this year and you've still got players like fucking, I don't know, Wayne Simmons, fucking, I don't know, Justin Schultz without deals and stuff like that, like proper fucking name brand players, not, yeah. not just Cody Franz and fucking rocking up with that idea a lot of PTO like you've got fucking Tory Krug on a PTO in Calgary <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a ton of players a ton of players taking way less money than they'd like to this year for sure I think that's kind of going to be the thing with uh, just just use the Bruins as an example somebody like Chara it's going to be a Justin Williams type we've got to sort loads of other things out first before we can sort you out yeah, uh, you know, and, and then there's gonna be those players left at the end, and and at the bottom end of the Bruins, I could play like Joachim Nordstrom, who's making a million dollars. I mean, I wouldn't be expecting any phone calls to him anytime soon because it's just going to be a case of, well, yeah, we've got to sort our top end players, and then we'll just we'll just fill in with youth if we have to. There's nothing else we can do. That's the thing. This year, more than ever, it's actually going to make GMs look at those bottom of the lineup players and look, ask themselves seriously: Is this guy bringing anything that a guy my age at Worcester can't bring? A guy on the EOC can't bring, and I reckon for shout out to Jim Benning for a lot of <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit late for that one on old Jim, but like I, I reckon a lot of them will come out and say yeah, actually, there's I don't know fucking Anton Blid. I don't fucking know who he is, but I'm sure he does just as well as fucking Jake Nordstrom does. I mean, uh, yeah, who knows? That's the thing, and it? it's it's always the 
it's always a weird thing with youth players. You know, you've just you've just got to fight your way in and hope that you do enough in one or two games when you get called up, and then you just kind of eke your way in bit by bit by bit, and you just do enough, and then hopefully you're good to go. But I mean, that's the thing. Like we just said, this off season, it's going to be real interesting. Some of those teams that have got players available, and then interestingly for the teams who have got enough money to be able to do things. And I'm thinking of teams like the Habs, like the Leafs, like fuck it, Winnipeg. The, the Winnipeg Jets owner is the richest guy in Canada, isn't he? Or one of the richest guys. He's the richest owner. Is he? Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. It's not uh, It's not. It's not me, New G. <laughs> Dude, the fucking sense. Mate. Mate. Actually, I, I'll come back to the sense in a second. I reckon he's, I reckon he's got to work it out, hasn't he? He, what Mimi G? Yeah, he's been he's been you know preparing for this for fucking seasons. By just not not spending any money, he's like, oh perfect, I was gonna do this anyway. I'm sure he said to Pierre Dorian three years ago when all the shit started hitting the fan. Let's just pretend there's a global pandemic and money's worthless. Okay, build me a team. <laughs> and now he's like, see, it's like I a, told you, it's a full exercise. <laughs> yeah, let's have some clear blue sky thinking. Okay, <laughs> no, it's happened. But yeah, a team like the Jets could be interesting. I know there's all this stuff about Alex Petrangelo and, you know, wants to stay in St. Louis, but they aren't offering enough money and blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, Winnipeg's got a fair bit of cap space. Yeah, we'll throw a, we'll throw a chunk of money at you. Mate, if I'm, if I'm fucking Alex Petrangelo, captain of the Blues, been there for donkey's years, led him to their first ever fucking Stanley Cup, yeah? Yeah. And they're giving extensions to fucking Marco Scandella before sorting me out. Like, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Justin Justin Fulks getting a fucking six and a half mil chip and, and you haven't you haven't even got your sorted yet. Jesus Christ. Well that's interesting that's see that's interesting, isn't it? Because you can you can look at that situation with Falk and Petrangelo and say, Oh, that's great GM in that is. You got a player in. Fair enough, not you know, in some people's eyes not as good, but <laughs> you're getting a serviceable <laughs> guy who can maybe replace him if it goes tits up. In who's well, Petrangelo sitting there thinking, I've got, why the fuck? In whose eyes you got this guy? And is like, Justin Falk as good as in some people's eyes? In whose fucking eyes is Justin Falk anywhere near as good as Alex Petrangelo? I'm trying to be fair to Justin Falk. He's not a scrub, is he? Let's be honest. He's not fucking terrible. I get it. He's not Alex Petrangelo, he's, but he's no Marco I'm trying to be nice to the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying to be nice to him. You get what I'm saying? You can look at that and say, that's great GMing. Or on the other side, say, that's really bad GMing because you've just pissed off this guy that you're trying to re-sign. Because now he's looking across the room thinking, the fuck are you sat doing there? You're not taking my spot, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, mate. Should, yeah, the, te- the teams with money this year, could. Uh, it's going to be real interesting. going to do some real damage because there's going to be plenty of players available who would not normally be available because other teams are going to have no money. But then what if the teams that already have a lot of cap space available are the ones who definitely have an internal cap of fucking 70-odd million or whatever? You might be right. That's what I mean, though. Free agency, can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. It's going to be... I, I can't imagine there's going to be many teams who look damn near... I know there's movement every year, but you don't normally get teams who change that much over the course of one season. I think there's going to be a lot of teams this year who look completely different come January the 10th or whenever the season starts. Well, yeah, because there's going to be fallout financially and from playoff performance as much as we all think that, you know, cool heads will prevail and, and we'll look at this playoff as a as an anomaly rather than sort of proof of, of underlying issues. There are still going to be GMs that make fucking 
big changes based off of, of underperformance. And bad decisions, which is the best thing GMs always do. It's the only reason, to Jim Benning. Only reason any of them have jobs is to make bad decisions, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. I think the only reason any of them have jobs is so that people can write hit pieces about them. as like why they've done this terrible deal or why have you got a fourth-line guy making $3 million a year? That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> in, in a lot of uh, commenters, is Paul Fenton was actually the best GM that the National Hockey League has ever seen. That's a fair, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, Mike Babcock is uh, is getting some play to take over the Caps, isn't he? In a in a surprising, and I've said this before, in a surprising yet not surprising <laughs> twist. Because obviously those players, clearly, clearly those players, uh, you know, 12, 13 year veterans, some of them at some, need to kick up the arse well to take their game seriously. <laughs> what, what they need is... Uh... <laughs> Lady Babcock to come in, take Jack and Verana to one side and say, look, mate, here's Ovi. Here's a picture of Ovi. I've got all you right five things that you think Ovi's shit at underneath it. <laughs> you, give, you give me that and you'll get second line minutes a year, I promise you, boy. And then he goes, they just goes and tapes the piece of paper to Ovi's locker. <laughs> Takes it out of his hand and walks straight in there. Ovi, Ovi, look what I found on, on Verana. Let's kick him in. <laughs> He was trying to hide it from me. He was trying to pass this note to Kuzi, but I took it off him. Here, I'll hold his arms back. You fucking kill him. <laughs> I, I can't... Fuck me. In, in naive conscience, cannot believe that Mike Babcock's going to get fucking hired less than a year after being sacked. I can't. I just... I cannot. Like, Ted, Ted owns this isn't that stupid of an owner to do that, surely. I don't know. The, the story was, of course, that... Uh, the Capitals accountant, Todd Reardon, wasn't pulling his weight properly. So, he looks like the accountant, doesn't he? He doesn't look like a head coach. He just doesn't. No, no, not at all. Is that, that's one that... Well, clearly did not like it from the stories, if their stories are meant to be believed that they didn't take any of this seriously at all and didn't, like, try properly or play properly or train oh, properly. Mate, I fucking, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> so much. So much. And you see, you see the fucking photos of of the Capitals, like just chill out. It's it's a hard one because on the surface it could easily just be like, yeah, it's it's a story of oh, they enjoyed their free time. They clearly didn't want to be there, but like yeah. it's blatantly, yeah. You know, there, there could definitely be more to it than that. I was thinking some of these photos of them fucking lounging by the pool, fucking training glasses of wine and shit. Yeah, just well, just Mike, Mike Russo saying you pretty much knew that they had no interest in being there. It's like Jesus Christ. It is tough though. It is tough, and it's why teams like Pittsburgh and Chicago, and to, and to be fair, Boston as well. Once and LA, and LA as well. Once you've won a cup, once you've kind of, once you've achieved, once you've achieved your life's ambition as a hockey player. How do you find that desire to do it all again? Mate, it's... How do you not just sit there at the, like, the, <laughs> at the pre-game meal and not think, ah, fuck it, I'll have some cake. Who cares? <laughs> While you're looking at your Stanley Cup ring. How do you do that? It's... How does Jonathan Taves, after winning his second cup, then think, I'd love another one. Let's do this again. Instead of just thinking, fuck it, I'm getting paid a fortune. I'll just eat all the cakes and biscuits. Like I, I, don't, I don't know how they do that. So you, you climb Everest, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Get to the bottom. Have a ten minute breather. It's all right. Up again, lad. Yeah, exactly. What do you, what do you mean you only got halfway this time? You fucking wuss. <laughs> and especially a player like Ovi, who did it later <laughs> in his career. Do you know what I mean? After all that time, after all that misery, and everyone just questioning you, and people talking about trading. And I did the same thing. Like, oh, maybe you know, maybe he just needs a change of scenery. You know, like let's trade the <laughs> the greatest goal scorer ever. And he finally completes his goal. And then it's like, why did I not just think, oh, thank fuck I've done it. And then he just chills out for the, like, the next few years. I would. But then, then on the flip side, you've got fucking... It's like two years ago when they won the cup. Everyone's like, oh, finally. Nobody can, can call over your quitter. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll lose anymore. And here we fucking are. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing point. That's an amazing point. <laughs> Especially if you compound it with like the way they celebrated the win. It's oh, look, he's fucking swimming in fountains. He loves it. He's fucking so committed. He's so happy that he's won a cup. And now it's like, oh, he's, he's had a couple of beers on a Tuesday night. Maybe he doesn't want to win anymore. <laughs> it's true. As he's skating around the ice with the cup in hand. And nobody can ever question again the hardened desire of Alexander Ovechkin. Two years later, sat on the pool. He doesn't want it. He fucking doesn't want it. Look at this bum. Look at this fucking loser. <laughs> Look at him sitting in the sun on a day off. What a fucking disgrace. What oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing point. It's fucking mad, isn't it? It's mad. I don't know what. I hope Babcock gets hired just to see what he does. Because <laughs> I think, I think, I think while he's been away fucking skiing or fucking windsurfing or whatever the fuck he does, I think he's developed his method a little bit. I think he's going to. Let's think of someone else. I think he's going to TJ Oshie with a with like Rorschach tests instead of like questions. Now he's like really going psychological with it. So tell me, TJ, what do you see when I show you these picture of these ink blots? But they're but they're pictures of things like the words like "you suck at hockey" or Backstrom saying things behind your back, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but it's on a Rorschach test. <laughs> he's going to get a fucking Lars Eller on the Ludovico treatment. <laughs> He's got um oh what those fucking he's got Ovi and Backstrom tied up like rhesus monkeys and Ovi has to shock Backstrom every five minutes <laughs> to see which one of them develops an ulcer first. <laughs> well the the best bit of team building he could ever do, he gets fucking koozie and Cobble Chuck to play a game of golden balls against each other. Oh yes, fucking now we're talking. That's, that's what the about that, um, technique. What was the what was the prison test they did where they had prisoners and prison they were just regular people but they had half of them became prison wardens the other half became prisoners. Oh Jesus, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that one? And it showed, didn't it, that if you give people any people power, they will absolutely let it go to their heads. So half the capitals are going to be prison wardens, the other half are going to be prisoners. And as <laughs> and as one of the capitals plays, he's raining blows down on his teammate with a truncheon. <laughs> That's the guy for He's, me. Give me that, give me that C jersey. I've got a, uh, Ovi. I've got a fucking slap it on, fucking whoever. I don't even know. Go, go on that's, it, uh, that's what I need out of my captain. That's what I need out of my captain. Hit him again. Hit him again. <laughs> All right, I gotta, I gotta ask you this quickly before we carry on with some more hockey talk. Did you see the Djokovic thing? No, I saw you put it on the run sheet. But I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Right. So the plane in the US Open's ongoing right now. Federer's not played, Nadal's not playing, Murray's obviously not playing, um, some other people are not playing. So, I mean, it was basically Djokovic is going to win this 
whole tournament in about seven hours combined because there's just, there's just nobody. There's nobody even close. Djokovic, of course, as I think I mentioned on the show a few week, a few months ago, was actually having COVID parties and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. ran his own tour with fans in the stands, no masks. He's a famous anti-vaxxer. And a lot of people, I've since found this out, a lot of the other pros on the tour hate his guts. Really don't like him at really? all. Yeah. And I've only found that out because of what happened. So he's playing a game against somebody. And he's famously got a temper, Djokovic. I mean, he's, he smashes his racket all the time. And he's been... I don't think he's been docked points before, but he's had warnings before for like racket abuse and all that kind of thing. So I know it's called racket abuse, isn't that hilarious? But he missed a shot or did something and he, without looking, just smacked the ball behind him and it hit a lion's woman in the throat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw like bits about that. Yeah. So she goes down like a sack of shit and that's it. He's out. He's defaulted. You can't, you can't do that. And in no oh, way, she... I'm just going to say, if you've not seen the clip, he in no way meant to hit her. Because I thought it was a, and I thought he absolutely leathered this ball. I thought it was a, you know, a massive frustration. We've all been there playing tennis. I've done it plenty of times. I'm not proud of the fact, but I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it because I'm trying to be the bigger man here. But it wasn't like the ball just bounced up in front of him and he absolutely smashed it. He just hit the ball behind him and it just unbelievably, sort of million to one shot, hit this woman in the throat. And that was it. He was defaulted straight away. You, you know, you're not allowed to do that. And he was kicked out immediately. Even though it's like an accident sort of thing. Yeah. Because, well, I'm not sure I'm not sure why, you know, I'm not sure like the intricate rules of it. But And it's not like there's no precedence of this. It has happened. Tim Henman did it at Wimbledon in 95. Because somebody... Did he really? Yeah, yeah. He hit a ball girl. He did the same thing. He got annoyed. Hit the hit like hit the ball in annoyance and hit a ball girl in the side of the head, and that was it. And it was Tim Henman at Wimbledon, and he was no, yeah no sorry you're done you're out you've lost like that's it match forfeited. So like I mean there is like plenty of precedence for it, but it's fucking mad. And he knew straight away. He ran over straight away. Like oh my god oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry. And he tries he tried pleading his case with umpire and everything, but to no avail. I'm not being funny, but there's that fucking. A million people standing around that fucking court. You're more likely to hit someone than not hit someone, aren't you? Yeah, but if it's during the course of play, that's fine. But the point's finished. You can't be doing that. You can't be smacking the ball about after the point's finished, can you? You can't. I think I think you should be able to. <laughs> what, what, have you, what have you done in a hit a fan? Would they care? I think so, yeah. That's a, do you know what? I, actually, I don't know if there's a rule for that. But I imagine, yeah, if you if you smack the ball into the crowd and you you polax a fan, then yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it should be, but I could, I could easily imagine that they, they don't give a shit if it goes into the stands. I think they would. I don't know the rule. I don't know the rule, and I'm not going to look it up <laughs> because I can't be bothered moving. But I would imagine it'd be the same thing. You you blast the ball into, like, row two, and it smacks some dude in his in his coconut. Yeah, you're getting kicked out for sure. I'm like, I'm watching it now, it's pretty, pretty naughty. Got the follow up with a clip of him just fucking launching his racket at some clay of a French Open, I assume. Yeah, he does. I told you, dude, he's proper, he gets proper angry. Mate, what a legend. He's like your mate who tries too hard, takes it way too seriously. <laughs> fucking snapping controllers on FIFA and stuff. <laughs> You know he's that guy who takes a picture of his controller and posts it on Instagram with like, oh no, broke another one. 
<laughs> like, I don't, I don't fucking understand that to an extent. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't think fucking getting so angry at a video game that you break your controller is is healthy behaviour. But I, I understand the like flash of red sort of thing there. But who then has at least some semblance of pride in it that you're like, let's fucking show everyone on Facebook. Yeah, let's show everyone on Facebook how mature I am. If, if I'd done that, I'd, I'd be fucking dead inside. I'd be like, what a fucking twat. You've made a right dick of yourself here. Sort your life out. Absolutely. I've gotten, I've got annoyed at games before, but oh, yeah. if I've ever got to that point where it annoys me that much, I just don't play that in it. Like I said, Hockey Ultimate Team is a broken game, so I just stop playing it. Like why am I gonna why am I gonna cost myself fifty quid every time some guy from fucking Calgary beats me by smashing my own con- I know, I'll show him. I'll smash my controller. That'll teach him a lesson. Oh, what, you fucking send, idiot. Send in the invoice. It's actually yeah. in the uh in the PlayStation Plus terms of agreement. If your That's opponent true. loses and Look, smashes their controller, you have to pay for it. Look how angry you've made me, EA. I expect a check in the post, please. Thank you very much. No, it's, it's, you're just fucking dickhead. Mike, tell you, my, I've got two friends. I've got my cousin and my friend, my cousin Fred and my mate Swede. They are notorious controller smashers. My cousin, my cousin Fred, got so annoyed playing FIFA, he threw his controller. It didn't break, which made him more annoyed. So he grabbed it by the wire. This is back in the day. He grabbed it by the wire and swung it around hard enough that it did break. And I was just like. Mate, I was like, you need to go and see a psycho or something, because that's just not normal. That you then got annoyed at the inanimate object enough to break it properly. Fair, fair play to him, though. He's, he's fucking annoyed that he's just lost to his, his cousin Dan at FIFA. <laughs> it wasn't me. I fucking played FIFA for years. <laughs> oh, fucking whoever it was. He's, he's fucking lost. Oh, fuck. Let's take it out on this controller. Oh, I can't even take out my frustrations properly because I'm that inferior of a human being. <laughs> now you have to fucking die. Do you know what, actually, yeah, you're right. I have to give him some credit. He saw it through to the end, didn't he? He didn't just give I fucking, up. I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you would you rather him do that or would you rather him quit at 85 minutes when he's 3 no down? <laughs> and say it doesn't count. It doesn't count, I'll press quit. I'd go. Doesn't count, mate. Sorry. Doesn't count. Fucking hell. Just everyone, everyone yeah, knows you're that. right. Taking the picture of it is psychopathic behaviour <laughs> to show off to people how stupid you like, what are you doing? I mean, fucking <laughs> hell. That is that's like a serial killer keeping a fucking stack of Polaroids of them with their bodies, basically. To be fair, which a lot of them do have done, so they always keep some kind of trophy, don't they? Yeah, but it's not like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, that's the same thing that serial killers do, so it's a reasonable thing to do. <laughs> it's essentially the same thing. You're keeping a trophy. I wonder if somewhere my cousin's got a load of fucking um, analog buttons in a drawer somewhere <laughs> of like his victims. <laughs> if you have a look at his fucking his lamp, it's made out of almost stripped wire, stripped wire uh, insulation from his old PS2 controllers. Shout out to Ed Gein, <laughs> the original psycho. Fucking hell! If you want to know who he is, folks, have a look online. But be ready because it's uh, pretty wild. <laughs> Pretty, pretty, pretty wild. I'll just is say he, that. Is he who Buffalo Bill is based on? Yeah, he was. He was the inspiration for loads of characters. He was the original for. He was the basis for Psycho, the original Psycho, the Hitchcock Psycho. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in obviously in the film, Norman has 
a thing with his mother, doesn't he? That he believes he's trying to reenact his mother's life. And that's what Ed Gein did. He was the same. His mother completely controlled him and dominated him. And that's why he turned out like he did. Because he couldn't, he wasn't comfortable in himself. So he had to pretend he was someone else. But he just obviously took it to, a, <laughs> let's say, a, a heinous level. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, Buffalo Bill as well from Science of the Lambs. Yeah, that's the original. Uh, that was a lot of the stuff around Buffalo Bill was the. Uh, well, Buffalo Bill was a, a mixture of Ed Gein and Ted Bundy from Science of the Lambs. That was like a, that was like an amalgamation of characters. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've just had one of those moments of like, what what are we fucking talking about? <laughs> well, you started it talking about my controller, <laughs> my cousin's controller stretched out was, like. It was Djokovic. It was Djokovic. That's how we got. There it. we go. <laughs> There yeah, and that's why Djokovic is like my cousin <laughs> wishing he was Ed Gein. So there we are. <laughs> Ed Gein, your cousin Fred, Novak Djokovic. Oh, I'm seeing if I can all, it. All the pieces fit together. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that make no sense, Pierre Maguire was interviewed for the Arizona Coyotes GM position and is now considered, now considered to not be a candidate. So no, that's something, I guess. Hey, well done, Coyotes. You're trending in the right direction. Congrats. We we need to get like a mutual embargo or whatever on reporting about PM Quiet interviewing from GM jobs because it just gets your fucking it gets your hopes up. And then nothing, nothing every single year. It's old PM Quiet might be in for it. So, I'd love it. I would absolutely fucking love for PM Quiet to be a GM. Hopefully, as well. Hopefully, his two assistant GMs would be Peter Chiarelli and Mike Milbury. I mean, that's the no, real no, trifecta. No, because you want, you want Chiarelli and Milbury in charge of your own teams. Same with, get. I want yeah, 32 but then we'll, fucking Then we're wishing for psychopaths. three unicorns. Sorry, God, say that again. I was going to say, I want 32 fucking psychopaths heading up <laughs> the teams in this league. <laughs> I want, yeah, but... I want Don Cherry now. I want Brian Burke. I want fucking whoever. <laughs> I forgot about Cherry. <laughs> yeah, but... With Pierre, if Pierre gets the job, that's one unicorn. We're not going to get four unicorns or five unicorns, are we? You get one unicorn and hope that one unicorn takes on two or three others with him. He bring, brings them with him. Like, yeah, like yeah he just brings them with him. It's like the land of My Little Pony or something. They all have to go together. They're not safe on their own. Pierre needs like, like middle-breed fucking cheerily with him. Who would... I, I want to see what Pierre does. Like, who I want to see fucking it. Hire? Like, who would he hire? I have no who idea. Trade for who would he sign? Like, I just feel like it'd be such a, a such an obvious freak show, oh, especially if it's Cody's. Fucking hell! So, uh, I just uh, want to know as well. I just want to know who in the Cody's organization suggested that, and even said. And this is the thing where it had to go through layers of people for him to even be considered. That it wasn't one person said. Oh, what about Pierre Maguire? And then the next person went, you're fired. Like, that didn't happen. And then, so one person said, how about Pierre Maguire? And the person above them went, hmm, I've run up the chain. <laughs> what the fuck? No, we should have stopped after the first person. It was like packing their shit into a box and carrying it out. I actually um, know the answer to this one, who who suggested Pierre Maguire to interview for the job. <laughs> was it John Chaker? <laughs> hey, what? Why'd you have to ruin it? I <laughs> found sorry because Chaper had to run out under cover of darkness. Didn't yeah. even get to clear his desk out. They they were clearing out his desk and then his his locked top drawer. They found a black piece of paper with a list of people that yeah you know, was titled 
people who could replace me. So, Pierre, Pierre, Rene, Neil Buchanan, uh, just like <laughs> loads of people. Ed Gein. Hello. Ed Gein. <laughs> my cousin Fred. <laughs> it says my cousin Fred, but it's got an address in uh, in Manchester. Fucking <laughs> hell. That's fucking beautiful, yeah, yeah. isn't it? He hasn't worked in the NHL since 1990 fucking six. He's not worked in the league 24 years. And, and, and he's still getting league, looks. He was chased well, yeah. out of the league by his own fucking um, players. Yeah, and what he did, he was a fucking shit show. A shit show. How is his name even being brought up still? And, and this like, is there's the no one else. <laughs> Fuck. This is the fucking beautiful thing. This is like in fucking 20 years. John Chaker's behind the fucking behind the glass or whatever, in it or um, I'd say like Mike Milbury, but that's a that's a different one. Like, who who's that fucking guy who bought the Islanders? Who was a colonist? John Garth Snow. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like fucking in twenty years, Paul Fenton is like on fucking NBC, <laughs> and they're constantly saying, "Oh, Paul Fenton for for GM." No, no, we need we need someone who was. Like, abjectively... Who's now, currently, abjectly terrible as a GM? He, they make decisions and you're just like, what? No, do you know what it is? The, the best, the, the best kind of, I can think is, in 20, in 20 years, for some reason, Eugene's doing, like... <laughs> Eugene's in between the benches or something, and the 37th team comes into the league, and they're up for discussion of who should own this team, and for some reason, someone goes, how about Eugene Melnick? And everyone goes, ooh, that's is not bad. Right? I like it. Do you mean do you yeah, that's cyber, not a bad idea? It'd be Cyber Eugene. Eugene bot three thousand. No, he'll still be Eugene because he's all made up of like different people, isn't he? So he'll he like. I think Eugene's getting younger because again, he just <laughs> keeps stealing. He just, I think we said this before. He just keeps stealing other people's body parts. I'm sure he's getting younger. I'm, I'm imagining him more like and not like Krang from the um, is it Krang on on the t- on the Ninja Turtles? The turtles. <laughs> just living in the guy's belt. Oh fucking Nixon from Futurama, like his head in a his head in a jar. <laughs> yeah, then he gets the big robot body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I am not a crook. <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> fucking Pierre Maguire, Jesus. And and for the coyotes as well, which. Now we have we have to agree that it is just a cursed organisation, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Did you see they can't, were late paying their players their I, bonuses as well? I was going to say can't pay a geezer forty grand. Fuck <laughs> a me. fucking multi million dollar NHL sports franchise cannot pay a pay a geezer forty grand. Uh, we we talk all the time about we would like to see NHL teams books what their profit profit you know their profit and loss sheet and all that. Arizona is second on my list. So I want to see where, what you're doing with that money. Where's all the money? You know, how much money do you actually have as an organization? How much money do you make as an organization? I mean, I know they get fans in, but are they papering that building? Is it just free tickets and all that kind of shit? I don't know. Like, you know, how many times have, the, how many times have they got a sneaky backhander from the league to just keep them going a bit longer, a bit longer, a bit longer? Uh, but but that, that would all be like on the, on the sort of proviso that it's been the same owner or whatever, and it? it's a fucking brand it's new. Owner. No, but like if you know, if that was happening again and again and again, 
you'd assume that these problems wouldn't be with different fucking people. Like, oh yeah, no, that's that's come in. When did when did he fucking come in? On July twenty ninth, two thousand nineteen. It's been just yeah, over a year a, ago, yeah. Just over a fucking year. And he's already late on but he's missing payments to his players. If if I'm Karen Bettman on phone like Alex Moreno and be like, mate, what the fuck is going on? How how are they bringing in a brand new owner? And you know, regardless of whether you know it's the fucking code, he's nothing nothing changed before Moreno took him over. Regardless of whether they've got gate receipts coming in, the geezer must have had enough money to fucking pay the salaries. That's got to be basic thing number one, isn't it? Yeah, but I've told you before, haven't I? It's it's business. It's all shady as fuck. I've told you before, my mate Ali, the the, the solicitor training to be a judge, he said that criminal uh, that business law is so much shittier and dirtier than any other kind. Because it's just, it's all, you know, backstabbing and cooking books and hiding money here and doing things. And we don't fucking know how much this guy, you know, maybe to Alex Moreno, I'm not saying this is true because I'll, I'll get this out allegedly. <laughs> maybe Tim, it's just a fancy, maybe Tim owning a franchise is just a shiny fucking piece of something around his neck. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Like I own a sports, I own a sports franchise in one of the big four sports in North America. Yeah, lovely. But and you can you can fucking cook anything to look the way you want it to look, like financially, can't you? I don't know. Can you? Tell me. Please. Dude, like, there's been enough fucking financial crashes and meltdowns and all that shit to know that, oh, actually, it turned out this person... How often? Okay. Two quick things. So, two. Welcome to Finance Corner on 2 bit one <laughs> There was Netflix. Their operating loss is insane every year. It's insane how much debt they have. It, it, they're into like tens of billions of dollars of debt. <laughs> so, because you got to think, right? You got to think, right? Seven ninety nine a month. Uh, well, so for us, let's say it's like eight quid a month in the UK. There's only there's only like two or three countries in the world where Netflix is mega popular, and it's not going to cover. So think how many think how many original films they make all the time with legitimate legitimate film stars films cost so much money to make so much money because you're not only having to pay for all the cast and the crew there's also all the advertising and all the external things you don't think about so netflix at the moment has like they 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 operate at such a massive loss but the idea is at some point the idea for netflix was was the bubble's going to burst in tv land no one's going to have cable anymore everyone's going to have netflix so they just base their financial figures off that. And it's just, so far, it's not caught up. And no one's called them out and said, we want our money back. Same with Tesla. Tesla last year had an operating loss of something like 820... Their, their profit last year was something like minus $820 million. Yet, the company's supposedly worth like $3 trillion or $3 billion or some stupid figure. Like, how's that possible? I don't know. When it's the same thing in this kind of thing. It's, it's the same thing with this. You don't have to show... If, you, if you're willing to buy a franchise off somebody... I can't imagine the league then cares too much about if you're going to be able to pay those players at the end of it. Because they're just looking at this, oh yeah, okay. You can afford to pay for this franchise. Well done. And that's it. Just quickly on Netflix. So they've got, according to the New York Times, as of April 2020, they've got 182.8 million subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. If they were paying £8 a month, that's basically $1.4 billion in revenue every month. How the fuck... How do you spank that? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I like. Let me quickly check it because I read like, like I say, 
I read ages ago that they they just operate at just a massive loss. Like, I, yeah, I get, I get the idea that they're making a bunch of these films and that, and, and they're not necessarily going to see the return on, on all these films. But fucking hell, e- even if they're all paying one pound a month, you know, like you got one hundred eighty-two million pound coming in every month. You're not making a hundred eighty million pound film every month, are you? No, but this okay. So here we go. Right, this is the thing. Just looking at this, that so there's there's different ways to look at sort of net income and money coming in and all that kind of thing. And I, I'm not, <laughs> if you can tell people, I'm not smart enough to understand this kind of thing. <laughs> but their net income last year was 1.9 billion dollars, but their free cash is minus 3.3 billion dollars. So like to me, that means you're down on the year 1.4 billion dollars. So. <laughs> Okay, but this, this proves that. the point. This proves the point that we just can't look at something and it says this is how much money Netflix has. We can't. We can't do that. It, sh- it should be that simple. Okay, yeah, and obviously, <laughs> fucking earlier on, my figures are way off. That's fine, but this is the point I'm making: is that if you're buying a franchise, it should be obvious that you go to the league or whoever you're buying it from, and they say, "Okay, I want 100 million dollars for it." You show them a profit and loss sheet that says, okay, this is how much money I have. And it's like $700 million or something. So the league can say, huh, yeah, okay, cool. You've clearly got enough money there to buy this team and to then pay these players for a few years, you know, while you, and then make profits off the team as they you know, with the with the fans coming and everything. Yeah, but I'd, I'd certainly hope that the NHL for any new prospective owner of a team doesn't just take a fucking profit and loss sheet and give it to two twats down the pub and say, or what do you think about that? Which is effectively what we're doing, trying to work out where all the Netflix's money's gone. And they've got I like get... Alex Alex Reno's like fucking um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can, fucking <laughs> 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 all these planes in the bath, and he's he's just printed out a thing that says oh, I have seven hundred million dollars. He slaps Bank of America on the top of it, all fucking wonky. So there you go, guys. Right, right. Okay, I get no, I get what you're saying, right? I get what you're saying. They've but got... once again, Will, your youthful exuberance regarding the league <laughs> is showing itself. <laughs> are you telling me you are absolutely convinced, a hundred percent, that Alex Morello went to the league and said, "This is what I have," and they did a really thorough and deep investigation into what he actually does have? <laughs> of course, they didn't. I, I feel like so, so I rewatched um, the Big Short this last week. Fucking phenomenal film. Oh, Absolutely what phenomenal a movie. film. What a movie. And I feel like one of those fucking Wall Street guys or, or <laughs> hedge fund geezers that's like, you know, being shown all the stuff about the bubbling housing market and that and just saying, well, that, that can't be true because if it does, it means everything's a fucking lie and we're all fucked. <laughs> so, cause yeah. that, so it can't be true. The NHL can't be this corrupt, can it? It can't be this incompetent yeah. a league that it doesn't even do the most basic financial fucking audit of a potential team owner to make sure that he can pay the fucking players' salaries. Exactly. <clears throat> but I Jesus. can absolutely believe it. I'm Steve Carell on the big short. I want to believe it's all okay. <laughs> and you've got to... Con- but, it, but you can convince me it's all completely fucked. And at the end, I'd be like, yeah, you're right, it is actually all fucked. <laughs> Just going around completely. shouting, <sighs> mate... If, if anyone out there hasn't seen it, yes, it's a daunting film, but it's fucking incredible. Absolutely. Oh, just beautiful. A beautiful film. I never thought I never thought a film about a housing market crash could be that exciting. 
I was gripped the entire film. It's so good. It's the cast. Like, obviously, the big names, like, Ryan Gosling is fucking amazing in it. Steve Carell is fucking amazing. Christian Bale is really good in it. Who's who's the other? Brad Pitt's really good in it. But then all yeah. the other guys, all the, like, secondary characters, like, I love fucking Vinny. And yeah, I knew you were going to say Vinny. Vinny's just so good. Vinny's just so fucking good. And, like, Charlie and Jamie, they're really fucking good in it. Like, just every character all the way down is just fantastic in it. And it's all, that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like, most of it, like, 90% of that film is true. There's not yeah. bits and bobs, but there were guys who went to Florida for a trip and just saw that houses were being built all over the place and nobody was in them. And people were just getting mortgages left, right, and center. And when he goes to see that stripper and he's, he's just, he just wants to talk to her and he says, how many houses have you got? She's like, well, I've got five houses. He's like, how have you got five houses? Is it because she was just going to the bank and they were going, yeah, of course you can have a mortgage. Doesn't matter. When, when, when they're in Florida and that guy answers, like, oh, can I speak to fucking whoever? It's like, well, you want to talk to my landlord's dog? <laughs> yeah. And he says, oh, that's the name on the lease. And the guy's like, my landlord's dog owns his house. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, yeah, everything's fucked. This is a disaster. Oh, mate. What a incredible film. That's an answer, but yeah, you're right. We'll grab it again. Absolutely, I can absolutely believe that that would happen with the NHL. <laughs> maybe, maybe Alex Moreno's dog actually owns the, the Arizona Coyotes. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Gaz, Gaz and Villa sat in the boardroom. So the property is going to be owned by Miffles. Oh, that's interesting. Who's Miffles? <laughs> and Alex Moreno's like, ah, oh, it's just my nickname. It's Don't worry about that. It's my son. Okay, cool, cool. My silent partner. Quite a Miffles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a silent partner, unless I get his favourite toy out, in which case he goes crazy. <laughs> now, Biffles, could you just walk me through that? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Fucking Alex Morello's dog owns a coyotes. That's so good. It'd be appropriate. I can totally believe it, though. Oh, blimey. Right, hockey again. Ah, oh, if we have to. I was going to... I have to bring up because we got to watch the Dallas Stars Colorado game, and we actually got to watch it pseudo together as we were, it was on at a normal time in our country, so we could sit down and watch it and sort of chat back and forth as the game was going on. And it's this was one of those games that highlights what the playoffs can do that is amazing, which is the new Finnish wunderkind Joel. Joel, uh, is it Kiviranta? Yeah, am I saying his Kiviranta, name? Joel Kiviranta. Joel Kiviranta shouldn't even be playing. Shouldn't even be playing comes in and scores a fucking hattie. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. It is... Was it his first... I think it was his first playoff game? No, not his, not his first Yeah, I think off. it was. No, I don't think Because wasn't it that he was the first... It was his first playoff game and it was like he scored a hat-trick in his first playoff game and the only other player to do that was Gretzky. Something, something crazy like that, wasn't ooh, it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think but so. It was a weird stat involving like hat-tricks and him. I know the only two players were him and Gretzky who'd done it, so I'm assuming it was that. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I should just check on the old... Uh, Elite Prospects. Shout out to Elite Prospects. That's where, you, that's where you get the fucking facts. If you want anything proven correct, head over. Oh, no, it's all fucked up, isn't it? Because of the fucking round robin and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, just assume, let's just assume it's that anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe <laughs> we'll it. We'll go with that. It was actually... Yeah. Uh, he wasn't even playing in the game, and he scored a hat-trick. I don't know if you know that. Amazing. It was incredible. Yeah, it was all done by telekinesis from the uh, press <laughs> box. Just the power of positive thinking. Yeah, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's fucking beautiful. That's that's all you can say, isn't it? Like it's, it's 
Like, like we just over here, Dan. It's the magic of the cup. It's the you magic can, of the cup. You can, just have, right, mate? you can just have beautiful things happen. Like a fucking... God, didn't Chelsea steal that sh- slogan, shouldn't they? It's the magic of the cup. The magic of the cup. I reckon so, because that that's like a colloquial saying over here, isn't it? It's not a fucking... Yeah. Yeah, if they don't own that. Because unlike our dear North American compatriots, uh, we don't feel the need to you know, trademark every fucking sentence that ever comes out of our mouths. Is. That's a fair point. Have you ever seen a fucking slogan for the Premier League? I can couldn't tell you one. Maybe I just don't care enough to look at them. We just, we that's just, what it is. We just auction off every possible competition to the highest bidder. Yes. Yeah. And stadium name and everything else. Just fucking anything. If you can advertise on it, fucking give it to me. But do I need to? Do I need to as well? Still constantly hear about how. A team in the Western Conference final is a terrible team. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. Oh yeah, definitely, mate. It's, uh, have you? Uh, let me tell you a story about the 2017 Aurora <laughs> Senators. <laughs> mate, if the fucking stars go the way of the Sens next year, I'll I'll sit down, I'll sit back and say, all right, I'll hold my hands up. That, Fair enough. And they, you got that. You you're bang on. And they don't necessarily need to, but the point being, you. You don't have to be a good team to make the to make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Do you know what? You got me there. I can't even. I got nothing. I got nothing to come back on. That. It's, it's a fantastic point. This is the thing, but you don't have to be a good team to get to the finals, and that's that's the thing. Like, like to, to make the only comparison we could ever make like when fucking haven't and Waterloo will get to the fourth round of the FA Cup or whatever. What are they suddenly as good as a championship team? No, they fucking aren't. They're still fucking shit. <laughs> They just got fucking lucky. They had a series of lucky things happen to them. I still think this this team is not necessarily very well constructed. I think it's got some good things in there, but they're... only good, fucking very good. Oh, oh, all right, yeah. So Mira Heiskanen is fucking incredible. Like John Tombo is a very good player, but the, there are severe flaws with the top end of this. So the top end of the roster is flawed. Look at players like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan's having a bad year, and then like your other big performers are, are Alex Radulov and, and Joe Pavelski, both good players, but on the fucking wrong side of 30. And then the bottom half of the lineup are both forward and defence. It's just clogged up with fucking shit. So much shit that you can't even get your decent young players in there. Like your fucking Andrew Cognanos, your, your Blake Comos, like Radic Fax is a decent player. And he's effective, and that FCC line is effective, but it's not fucking, it's not moving the needle, is it? And they play such a fucking stagnant brand of hockey that you, you could just tell. So so that first game on against Vegas was 1-0, they score off fucking four minutes. That's it. Like, Vegas were playing fucking dog. They could barely string two passes together, and the Stars still couldn't even capitalise on that. You could just tell that Vegas were going to come out in game two, have the fucking cobwebs out of their heads and destroy them. And they did. Yeah, I can't argue with that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing but facts. Like, it's, it's as a fan, it's fun to get to the Western Conference final. Like, it's fun watching playoff games Like at this point, especially where, like, for throughout my fandom, for, for the last 10 years or whatever, they've never gotten past the second round yeah. when they've ever got in the playoffs. So it's cool to be in the Western Conference final. I won't, I won't say I'm not happy that they're there. But I think I'm still realistic, and in my dis discomfort or you know, dissatisfaction with the way this team's constructed, 
Yeah. You're right. I mean, we're just fucking ragging on Jim Benning for paying his fourth liners three million. So far, you've got a fourth liner making, what's Jamie Benn get? Like nine million? <laughs> like, and, and that's a, that's a hard <laughs> thing. Because he was, uh, that's where I want fucking, that, that's a that's a sort of double-edged sword where that's where I, I want, if Jamie Benn's going to be productive in a checking line role where he, you know, is a, is a scoring checking line player, if that makes sense, fucking great. And if that also gives Radifax a, a good winger, because Jamie Benn's not fucking shit. He's just not nine and a half million dollars good. If if Jamie Ben was a five million dollar player, you'd be I'd be happy with that. But he's he's just not. So but yeah, but it's it's that thing where yeah, you've still got fucking nine and a half million dollars on your on your fourth line, which is and that's just one player. Do you know what? I'll get onto the other series in a minute because it'll lead me on to the last thing I want to talk about, which I thought would be a, a kind of an interesting talking point. Just a quick shout out to a couple of award winners and your thoughts. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, Jack Adams. Stunned? I was stunned. I think, yeah, but whatever, whatever, to an extent, like good coach, good team, done well. Like, yeah, we could we complain every now and again that the good coaches never actually win the Jack Adams. So, what is that problem? But yeah, from a from a sort of expectation standpoint, I'm fucking gobsmacked. It wasn't towards gobsmacked. Yeah, I mean, me too. I just. And like I've said, Cassie doesn't get enough credit because everyone just assumes that the perfection line has always been the perfection line, but it wasn't. He put them together. Like I said before, that team was floundering under Julian at the end before Cassidy took over and had missed the playoffs and were going to miss the playoffs again before he took over. And then he gets them back into the playoffs. Then he takes them to a cup final and then they win the President's Trophy. So, I mean, you could argue he's kind of deserved it for like his past sort of two and a half years work, but... On the, on the basis of if you're looking at this season, yeah, no way he should have won it. And the other one was a, a shout-out to Bobby Ryan for winning the uncomfortable award of whose tragedy was worst yet overcome trophy. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> the Masterton's really weird, isn't it? It's really weird. Yeah, because like, everyone should win it, shouldn't they? If you, yeah. If, you, if you're nominated, you should win it. Like, But for, from an expectation standpoint, how can you fucking argue with... Geezer is battling with alcoholism, goes to rehab, comes back and scores a fucking hat trick. Like that's that's Hollywood shit. Of course he's gonna win the fucking award for that. Yeah. And fair, fair. I said before though, yeah. it's just a, it's just a strange award, isn't it? Oh, it is a case of well done you. Your tragedy was the most horrible thing. So it's, you win. It's fucking disturbing. Well was uh wasn't it like Jordan Starr a couple of years ago? He, he was nominated because his kid got leukemia or something. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? I know, it's very weird. Jesus fucking Christ. Congra- congratulations. You, your child has a debilitating illness and you're playing hockey. What a fucking hero. Not to say Jordan Style is a hero. It's like, it's like, it's fucking the award is like, grim. congratulations. It, like, if, if, if I was in someone's position like that, it's like, and you get the call for for the Master Award nominations, like get the fuck away from me, you fucking parasite, like <laughs> you freaks. I just, oh mate, it's yeah, it's it's disturbing. It's really, really like it's disturbing enough when it's relatively how to put it, like like yeah, but Bobby Ryan struggling with alcohol dependency is just Bobby Ryan struggling with alcohol dependency, if that makes sense. It's not, 
you've had a family go a family member go through some traumatic pain or whatever like yeah or, or someone who comes back from injury or whatever or yeah that i can't i can't articulate what's less awful about that compared to yeah like child leukemia or whatever or even even when fucking now I get what you I get no I get what you're saying because it's like it's Bobby Ryan you're battling with alcoholism but the next player maybe his wife had cancer or something but he still yeah. carried on playing and coming well, to like, the games and there must be a band of people who sit together going now alcoholism <laughs> versus cancer what are we thinking what are we thinking here and then you know let's show of hands show of hands what do we think because like that's kind of how they've voted and I just think that's kind of very strange. Some some fucking creature up at a whiteboard, like right here's the point system. <laughs> Can we all agree that uh, substance misuse misuse is worth two points? Can we? Can we? <laughs> yeah, but did yeah, did you hear though? Mark Mathot's dog got run over in the street. <laughs> oh, you're kidding! His dog. Oh my god. I mean, that's three points at least. Was it? Was I mean, it come on, it's a dog. Everyone loves dogs. Was it dead when he got there? No, it was like writhing around and shit. It was fucking awful. Oh, that's fucking, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, some, some guy just goes, well, there's my winner. I'm sorted, folks. <laughs> and it's meant to be like it's a so bad. good thing. It's so weird. That's the most, that's the most fucked up thing. Like, we've gotten to the point where it's like, this is, let's... Let's celebrate these tragedies that happen to people. We, you know, Bobby Ryan and grade them. Like we, we would not be celebrating Bobby Ryan's contribu- contributions to NHL hockey this year if he if he wasn't if he didn't struggle with alcohol dependency. It's like you you yeah, are right. you are worthless to us unless bad things happen to you. Congratulations. Have you got anything to say? That's the oh god yeah that's so true. If he's if he's now if he's still basically now fucking waking up on Saturday morning surrounded by bottles like fucking going full Winnie the Pooh just do you know what that means by the way I mean no I I, I, I know Winnie the Pooh okay so you just you just wearing a top and no pants <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that so he's like he wakes up in the morning he's gone full Winnie the Pooh he's surrounded by empty bottles and cans everywhere if he's still doing that he doesn't get any like pick up or recognition or anything, any kind of—I don't want to say support, but you get what I'm saying, don't yeah, you? The, the only... It's because he now doesn't do that that everyone's gone. Oh, what a great guy! It's so peculiar. But but at the same time, if he'd never done that, if because because all this time was people were saying, "Oh, Bobby Ryan's fucking shit. He's washed up." Blah, blah, blah. Nobody knew that he was struggling with alcohol dependency, did they? No, that's a good point. Good so point. so by the same sort of Schrodinger's cat token if he wasn't doing that we'd still just be like fuck Bobby Ryan he's fucking shit <laughs> even if even if he scored a hat trick on that Monday or whatever it was if it, if it had never gotten out it'd still there'd be no yeah I don't know, it's oh, it's such a fucking fucked up award it's like worst injury award I don't know like I, I can't I can't fucking how many breaks are in his leg Three. Oh, this guy only had two. See ya. You're yeah, not dude. winning this year. Hang on, stop the presses. I've got a geezer who took a skate blade to the fucking throat. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Okay. Fucking hell. Fucking... I don't normally say this, but we fucking do a good show. We've covered fucking Ed Gein, Schrodinger's cat, and the financial crisis. <laughs> Again, if that's, if that's what you define as a good show, then thanks for sticking around. I do, mate. You don't get this on fucking 31 Thoughts, let me tell you. Oh, fucking mate. Jesus, I'd argue 
I think I think there's only one podcast that could even rival this level that I'm aware of. You know, tribute to to all the other podcasts out there I've never fucking heard of. We could rival this level of nonsense in elastic sports, which is just yeah, like distilled fucking nonsense, basically. Uh, you're right. All right, we'll finish on something hockey because I want to quickly talk about the uh, the other conference finals. Who? The other conference finals. Oh, do you mean uh, do you mean that, lightning. that friendly between uh, the Lightning and <laughs> and the Islanders under eighteen? Apparently, apparently, the Islanders eighteen second eleven <laughs> reserves. We wanted to wanted you know to glad a couple of the game, academy players. The the first game, I in hindsight, obviously, I was fucking stunned by it. But in hindsight, I mean, the Lightning were coming off what four or five days rest. The Islanders played their game seven, then travelled that day across the country and then played again. And they were just fucking done. You could just tell. And the Lightning were on fire. Where did they travel to? They went from Toronto to um, Edmonton, didn't they? Oh, was it all happening in Edmonton? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. That's interesting. Hang on, hang on. You're now making me question this because I'm sure it was in Edmonton. Well, that's where where the West is. I don't know where... Yeah, I thought they put them together. That would make sense. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense. Because there's, on a slightly different note, there's a fucking matinee game in the Islanders' um, Lightning series Sunday. They're, they're playing at, what, 8 o'clock our time, whatever fucking time that is, wherever they are. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Rogers Place, Edmonton. Yeah, there you go. I was right. Shit, fucking there you go. So that, that's it. Oh, yeah. Why are they playing a fucking matinee game? I don't know. <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm the Islanders or the, or the Lightning, I'm like, what, what the fuck are you doing to us? <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, that's that's fucked up. So they had to, they finished their game, travelled, and then had to play the next day. Yeah, so they finished their game, they then travel the next day, and then the day after that they have the game. Whereas the Lightning have just been fucking chilling for four or five days, resting up, getting ready, nice and comfortable. So I wouldn't say I was expecting a blowout. I was I wasn't expecting that score. I was expecting the Lightning to win comfortably though. And in hindsight, it made even more sense that the fucking Islanders were just all over the place. And last night's games did show that a little bit. That actually Okay, yeah, the Lightning win, but the Islanders actually are better than that first game suggested. Because that first game, it's one of those, like, just fucking burn the tape. One of those off nights. Who gives a shit? Forget about it. Whatever. Yeah, there's, there is nothing not you could clean out that light. Well, that's not what I wanted to talk about. Here's a hottish take for you. Oh. Would you trade Steven Stamkos? I mean, I, I wouldn't unless I had to. What to what end? What why am I trading Steven Stamkos just because because his legs are shit? What do we always talk about? We always say, don't we? Could you imagine if at the end of that Blackhawks third run, they said, right, we've had all our success, that's it, we're going again. We're going to trade our, you know, we're going to trade either Taves or Kane. We're going to get a king's ransom, and then we're going to rebuild and and go again because. And the Lightning are going to have like cap issues and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing, but you know, who's I'm sure there hasn't haven't the Devils got three picks next year in the first round or this season? Sorry, I'm uh, sure it might be the Devils. I thought it was, isn't it the Rangers or the Canadians? Or <laughs> we'll, we'll take the, take the Rangers and the Capo. Oh yeah, or the Sens. Yeah, okay. The Sens is a good point. Sens is a really good idea. You you go to the Sens and say, would you like Steven Stamkos for your first two picks? I'm not saying they do it, and they probably wouldn't do it. I understand that, but you've kind of shown that you don't really need him. He he hardly played at all. He was clearly injured in the last series, 
So you didn't need him for that. You don't need him now. Because Braden Point is just... And I get Braden Point's now injured, so maybe it makes my point kind of mute, mute a little bit. But you, you kind of don't need him. His playoff record, and I've said this before, his playoff record, when it matters, is atrocious. Like, it's really bad. But is, is that not... And is he always seems to be of every time kind of he comes unfair. back, it's he's rushed back after some fucking because he struggled with like blood clots for a couple of years. I remember him. Was it was it fifteen yeah. sixteen? He came back for a game seven after blood clots. Yeah, and he's just, yeah, that's right. That was it. So like, yeah. so that yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. He's not like he's not what. And you need to you need to make some cap space. And I get it. Normally, you're looking at your bottom pieces, uh, you know, like Tyler Johnsons and all those kinds of players. But gets a chunk of money off the books. You can get a couple of first rounders this year off a team. If a, you know a team who has that ability, would you would you do it? Or even like a few, you know, like a like a high pick, like a high first this year, and a, and a decent that, prospect, you know, to just just keep the farm going, keep the keep that the rebuild thing going. I would I like the idea of. Well, it depends how far the the lightning go, doesn't it? Because it's not like the comparison to trading Taves or Kane. At the end of the cup runs was the fact they had been on a cup run. Like, yeah, true. I see you you're blowing up before you've even got there. All right, all right. Then. Or... Say this then. Say this then. Let's let's make it let's make it easier for arguments. Say mm-hmm. then they win the cup this year and he doesn't play again this entire postseason. Well, the other part of it for me is I don't think you're getting the most value out of trading Stephen Stamkos off that roster. even even fucking more so if they win the cup without him. You're you're trading a player who has basically been in decline since he was fucking 24 years old, really, hasn't he? Steven Stamkos still, yeah. still a fantastic player, still a very good player. He's still fucking... Sh- yeah, I, was, I, I had visions of him having down... No, he doesn't have down... He's still... When he produces, he is still... Like, he's still shit yeah, he's still he shit hard. Well. The only reason he's been in decline is because he was fucking shit, shit hard when he was however old he was. But... Yeah. He's he's basically the perception is he's not as good as he was. He he's injury prone, arguably one of the most injury prone stars in the league, if not the most injury prone star in the league. And you've just fucking gone deep without him. He's not the he's not even the engine of then, your team. Okay, then. And you're trying to trade him off to me for you want fucking Alexi Lafreniere and, and Wayne Gretzky's kids, like <laughs> No, you don't. They're fucking shit. <laughs> point, counterpoint, counterpoint. Then, if you win the cup without him and he's on a decline, wouldn't you just trade him anyway to get something back, so you don't end up in a situation in a year or two years where you've got to fucking buy him out of like an eight or nine million yeah, dollar contract? I'd, I'd do he's that. Just done. I'd trade anyone after they've had a good game. Basically, saying right, just in case, <laughs> can't max out that. But, but, and the thing as well though is like. The Lightning don't have to have first-round picks. They already have a decent system. They can clearly find players. And I get it. The, the argument that they found Kucherov and Point at rounds two and three is kind of stupid because the Lightning also passed on Kucherov and yeah, Point and round, exactly. until rounds two and three. It wasn't like they were happy that they was players kind of, you know, it was kind of like any player who develops in those rounds do kind of fall into your lap. But they did take them. So they do have some ability to see the talent that's there. So if you get like, you know, maybe like a, I don't want to say a PK Subban type deal, but you know, like if you're getting two seconds and a couple of prospects or something, just to keep oh, thinking, wouldn't you still take it? Because no. you're like, we don't need this guy. We literally no, don't need this guy. If you're this good without him, it's, it's a thing of, of why you trade him. 
it, if it's just to get value, like if, if if you don't need to trade him, fucking keep him. He's still a good player. He's had fucking ninety eight points last season. Yeah, he was over a point a game this year. He's still really fucking good. But in this argument, in this argument, you've just won the cup without him. You do not need him to win. I know, but what? Why don't? Why don't you keep him? And then you could, you could, you could definitely because you keep because you don't you don't need him. You can keep your farm restocked and just keep things fresh and keep things moving around. Because you don't want to be stuck in that situation where it's like, oh fuck, this guy's got five years left and he is fucking terrible. And now with a flat cap, he's eating eight nine percent of our entire cap hit. But it's not like he's missed the entire season. He has played hockey games this year. I, I get it. I get it. But dude, what, what do we say all the time about declines and injuries and stuff? You, li- it's literally one day you're fine and producing, and three days later you've gone off the cliff, and that's it. You're done. And I'm not saying he is, but his record suggests like this guy is getting just one too many injuries now, and they're lasting like, like then they're, they're not short injuries either. They do last his injuries that he gets, and I just be like, well, why? You know, like I say, you win the cup. You don't need him. You've just you've just completed the ultimate prize without this guy who's your essentially your franchise center. And like we said before, you're telling me, you're telling me Steven Stamkos goes on the trade block. There is not a GM out there who can't get his hand to that phone quick enough to offer up a first round pick and a blue chip prospect. Because you know get they would stick you know your fingers would. out on the dial pad. <laughs> Steven Stamkos, you say. Yep. I do, I do get it. I do. I just think that you are more likely to get value out of having better value out of having Steven Stamkos on your roster, especially for a team like Tampa that have a proven track record of having a good scouting network, and you can produce a good farm system without the need for first round picks, like you say. I think you keep him. Because you've done this well without him. Because then you can fucking... If you need to free up fucking... Like, like Stephen Stamkos at eight and a half million. Yeah, for 66 points in 57 games this year. I think that's right. Is, is not the problem in your salary structure, necessarily. No, but it does solve a problem in the salary structure. But then I reckon you get more, like, fair value by trading one of your other assets, like your Yanni Gords or your Andre Palaz or fucking Tyler Johnson, like it's called, like, you're not going to get... If you're trading Steven Stamkos because you think he is surplus to requirements, he's injury-prone, I still think that that is going to be represented in what you get back for him. Yes, you'd, you'd still get... You know it's fucking hell... You know it's... Got, I was, was going to say, yes, you would still get a decent amount back, but you wouldn't get what he's worth back. You know what I mean? I think you know. I I think I agree with that. I, I think you know. Like I said, the idea the sense to give up three. No, there's no way to give up three and five for Stamkos. Not a chance. But I was thinking, like, you know, if you can, if you can get a team who's around like nine, ten, eleven, somewhere around there, and maybe a you know the going rate, shall we say, I would I would seriously consider it. But as I, in some ways, kind of destroy my own point somewhat. I think we're forgetting that things just always work out for Tampa Bay. Because last season they literally salary dumped JT Miller and got a first round pick for it. <laughs> so I can imagine after they trade away Yanni Gord and Andre Palat, they're going to have four first rounders anyway because some fucking idiot GM will do that deal. They, they trade Steven Stamkos to fucking 
I don't know, fucking whoever, like Colorado, and somehow get the first overall pick. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. How's this works? Just, it just works out for Tampa. It always does. It's, it's an interesting idea. I, I, don't think I don't think they would actually do it, though, because it is too much of a talisman, for, for better or for worse. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't believe they'll do it. I don't believe they'll do it 5%. It's not a chance, but... As much as I've just been uh, painstakingly defending keeping him on the roster, I don't know if I'd trade for him. How do you mean? Look, if, if I was an opposing GM, and the Breezy yeah. boys phone me up and say, Oi, I, I imagine the Breezy boys <laughs> rap much like the Beastie boys would. So oh, he wraps, shit, yeah. the, wraps, the, um, wraps the trade proposal down the phone to me. Um, check, 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 check it out. We've got Stamkos going about. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I was to do a coffee and cream, uh, a sugar with coffee and cream thing. I'm just not quick enough or uh, cool enough for that. That's yeah, if, if the Breezy Boys phone up and say, yeah, we got, we got your boy Steve. Um, he doesn't want to fight for his right to party anymore. What? What do you want? What are you going to give me? <laughs> He's lost his right to party. He's officially lost it. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay what they'd want for a thirty-year-old who is. I would. I would argue is the chalk for NHL players most likely to die on the ice. Who was signed yeah. for the next four years at eight and a half million. That's the thing, because if the Breezy Boys ring up another GM and say, what do you think about Stamkos? The other GM's going to say, is this some kind of sabotage? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. <laughs> that was staring right at me. <laughs> I think the only person who would actually trade for him would have to be like an intergalactic body who doesn't necessarily... <laughs> <laughs> hasn't, hasn't seen him up close recently, sort of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe, right maybe it'll be like a it'll be like a late so, night thing and he sends him to the Islanders and he, okay. they've got a game the next day so he'll have no sleep until Brooklyn probably <laughs> <laughs> oh what a bunch of dickheads oh my god <laughs> fuck me <laughs> fucking oh, can you tell this is this podcast run by two fucking dads <laughs> Just fucking Beastie Boys dad jokes. Do fucking shit dads. He's, All right, Christ. He's, he's a double-edged sword if he's too good to trade and he's too shit to trade for. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's stamp card. Schrodinger's stamp card. Schrodinger's trade. Is he yeah, good or is he not good? Uh, he's, he's both. He's fucking everything. He's all that you want he's to be. He's both at the same time. That, that, Christ I think, almighty. I think they should get rid of um, Andre Palat, though. Definitely, like at least Yanni Gord has some versatility, and so does Tyler Johnson to an extent. But Andre Palat's the one I'd get rid of, even though he's not necessarily. I think Johnson's a worse player, and Killorn is more overpaid. I think Palat's the one that should go. Well, maybe one of their players will suddenly develop an allergy to, you know, ice or pucks or hockey sticks or something. I don't know, that doesn't seem to be their, their style, does it? No. Do you remember what happened last season again? No. What specifically? With Ryan Callahan. Somebody <laughs> got his debilitating back injury, wasn't it? And had to go uh, you know, to Ottawa <laughs> to on his contract. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair to Ryan Callahan, he, he hadn't played a fucking NHL game for like 45 years. No, I get it. But it just seemed to happen at the time where Tampa <laughs> needed help easing their salary cap problems that 
then they realised, oh, actually, maybe we can just trade this away to a shit team who needs to get to the floor. Like, oh, okay. What's the, what's the fucking injection you get for, for when you're like an athlete and you get an injection before a game or whatever it is, to, like a cortisone injection or whatever? A cortisone injection. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> the trainer suddenly stops giving Ryan Callahan the cortisone. It's like, no, mate, I haven't got any for you, bro. We're cutting you off. <laughs> suddenly he's like, oh my God, my back's really fucked up. Jesus, I had no idea. <laughs> but, and, and, and that's different to fucking Marion Hosa, who's just gone on a fucking Iron Man streak of playing 2000 NHL games in a row. And it's like, oh, actually, get a little bit itchy. Put up my gloves on. <laughs> I've got this really weird condition where, like, I smell really bad after playing hockey. I, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a sweepstake for you. There's a sweepstake for you. Who's the. Who's going to be the injured player helping their team out of salary cut problems this off-season? Place your bets now, folks. Oh, mate, it's got to be fucking Brent Seabrook, hasn't it? It's got to be. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm trying I'm, to think I'm, someone on the Leafs, because the Leafs need, like, cap help. Or the Coyotes, they both need, like, cap help, don't they? The Leafs are too young for for Robidoux Island anymore, aren't they? They've, they've had, their, <laughs> had their stint dabbling in the dark arts of the salary cap. Yeah, you're right. I fucking hope it's the starters, but then they don't necessarily have anyone on, on a big enough ticket that I'd want to see go away as much as Jamie Ben isn't, isn't performing to, to standard. Well, no, I mean, that might be it, because it looks like Jamie Ben's allergic to hockey already, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, apart from, you know, once in the blue moon, where he's like, oh, let me just tantalise you and show you that. If, if I wanted <laughs> let to... Let me just show you what I used to do. I could, I, I could fucking boss it. But now, now I'm bored. I can boss it for this 50-second shift, and that's it. That's all you're getting out of me. See you later. All right. Okay, let's get out of here. Thank you for listening, everybody. This was a fucking wild one. Uh, Will, any last words? Didn't you Neil Buchanan invent Morph, or was that smart? No, that was Tony Hart. Who's the fuck's Tony Hart? Tony Hart was Neil Buchanan before smart was Neil Buchanan. So Tony Hart was the artist who did like the kids' art show from my youth when I was a kid growing up, okay. and it was him that he invented morph. But Tony Hart was more of a a classically trained artist rather than Neil Buchanan going out into a field and making a picture of a junkie out of needles. Neil and Tony Hart would do like actual art with paints and watercolors and chalk and all that kind of stuff. More like uh, more like Bob Ross sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. He was the uh, he was the children's thinking man's artist. Sure, <laughs> Tony Hart was. <laughs> Fucking hell! Let's can, get out of here. Can we? Can we also just pat ourselves on the back very quickly? Go on for for talking about Neil Buchanan and Art Attack and children's TV show art TV shows for quite a, yeah, an extended period of time without uh, you know mentioning uh, you know. <laughs> Don't say. <laughs> How you think about the dark thing that I'm thinking I'm about? Not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm not, we just. We, we just didn't. We just didn't. It didn't go. Didn't. Didn't. Didn't work, I was, did it? I was going to say go good. off the rails, but that's fucking grim. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck. We're done. We're done. I'm cutting this short. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. <laughs> oh my god! I've got one to stop. Oh.